0: Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. All right, let's. uh, Are you ready for the word this morning? I didn't hear you. Are you ready for the word this morning? All right, so let's. uh, Did the baby say yes? Okay. Let's, let's pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed. To teach, thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your Word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Alright, this morning, I, I, I want to share something I call the believer and his prayer life. Now, his prayer life would actually also mean her prayer life. So, uh, wherever the believer is, we're looking at the believer and the prayer life of the believer. And um, I think this is very important to every child of God because prayers is a vital part of our faith. So, I've tried to do this very, in a very systematic way. It's, it's quite a simple subject, but I want it to be very systematic so we can follow. So the first question I ask myself is, why do we pray? Why do we pray? <clears throat> first of all, uh, it's important to understand that Jesus, Mark chapter 1 verse 35, well, it's one of our favorite scriptures in this local church, talked about Jesus rising up while it was yet day. To pray We realize that if Jesus Who was 100% God And 100% man needed to pray Then We cannot exempt ourselves from prayers That, That will make prayer Very important Why do we pray Number one Through prayer We fellowship and commune with God Through prayer We fellowship And commune with God now, the, the concept of fellowshipping with God would be just enjoying the presence of God. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes people say, I struggle to pray for a long time. And I always tell those people, as you cultivate your relationship with God, praying for a long time will become easy. How many of you have ever talked to, especially at the initial stage of your relationship? Some of you... Uh, did not pay a lot of price for your relationship now because uh, there is uh, WhatsApp, there is Facebook. If you, back, if you go back a few years ago, uh, you had to pay, a, especially when you were not so financially okay, uh, you had to do midnight calls. How many of you... Don't, don't raise your hand. But How many of you were glad for GLOW and MTM midnight calls? huh. so to, to fast track your relationship communication. So, uh, whoever you love, spending time with them usually is not difficult. And if your relationship with God is active, spending time in the place of prayer would not be a problem. So we pray so we can fellowship with God. Number two... True prayers, we enforce the will of God on the earth. True prayers, we enforce the will of God on the earth. I, I, and I really think that people need to understand this. That the will of God, pay attention, does not automatically come to pass. The will of God does not automatically come to pass. You've got to cooperate with the will of God. Let me show you something. Acts chapter 12. Turn your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 12, and we're going to read a story from verse 1. Now, about that time, Herod the, the king laid hands. When they say he laid hands, it didn't mean that he was praying for them, was seizing them to kill them on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. So we realize that King Herod uh, got a hold of some people in the church to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. So James, the brother of John, was killed by this King Herod. Right. Then, when he saw that he pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now it was during the days of the unleavened bread. Verse 4, when he had seized him, seized Peter again, he put him in the prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending that after the Passover to bring him out before the people. So Peter was kept in prison, in the prison, but prayer, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. So you realize um, there was a time I was in um, in Verona, Italy. And um, my pastor friend there took me to a place called Porta Lioness. Porta Lioness is... Um, you can g- go up on Google and check it. It's an interesting place. It's, a, it's an opening in Verona, Italy where uh, the word potter in, in the Italian language is door. Lioness is for lion. So it was called like the door of lions. The place was where lions were released you know, the lions passed through that place to the Colosseum to kill Christians way back then. And it was something like this that was happening also. You know, the, 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 the King Herod had desired that after the Passover, Peter would be brought out and then be put to death. So that kind of intense persecution. But the church started praying, and we know what happened. What happened, there was a miraculous intervention. Now listen to this. If the church had not prayed, Peter would have been killed. And you know what they're going to say? They're going to say, oh, why did God allow this to happen? Was it God that allowed it to happen? Some of you are not sure. Was it God that allowed it to happen? No. There are many things taking place in your life right now that you're blaming God, but it's not God's fault. You are not using the authority that God is giving to you. You realize that when James was killed and he saw that it pleased the people, what happened? He stretched his hand to reach Peter. Peter was not part of the plan. There are certain things the enemy would do in your life, and he sees you weakened, he stretches further. He stretches further. Just as righteousness grows, so wickedness also grows. You have to stand your place and stop blaming God and take authority over those things and stop them from happening. How many of you realize that once you're sick somewhere and you just lie down a bit, the next thing they'll tell you, some of us have been going from one chemist to the other because the pain is always moving in our body, It moves from the head now is some of you even describe that this is where I started today, the they say where is it now I say ah, I think before I came it has gotten here, I mean how would you just allow the devil mess up your body and I like the way they describe it, it says, something moves inside of me take authority over that, you know Wednesday we have it in school, I'm teaching you about authority over sickness and disease you can begin to accept certain things as normal, Some of you, when it rains, you start expecting your right eye to, to get swollen. Right? You just, you just expect. You say, that was how I am. Who made you that way? Praise the name of the Lord. Come on, I say, who made you that way? See, that's what my mother told me. Your mother could have been wrong. You stay on the word. And I know there are some Christians today that say they're born again and they still forbid what they forbid in their town. We're not even talking to you this Sunday morning. We have your special class for you. You have authority over those things. And you need to exercise your authority. So they have to exercise their authority. So if you don't pray, the will of God will not come to pass. Write this down. Please write it down and don't ever forget it. The will of God does not automatically come to pass if believers don't cooperate with God. God's plan for your life will not automatically come to pass. And that's why if the enemy can keep you from praying, he is so excited. Praise God. Number three, what are we talking about? Why we pray? Am I right? Say Amen, somebody. Okay. Number three, through prayer, we exert authority in the pla- in, 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 we exact the authority that God has given to us, and bring the Father's will to pass in our lives, families and nations. Matthew chapter nine, verse 38. Matthew chapter nine and verse thirty-eight, Matthew nine thirty-eight. What does he say? He says Matthew nine thirty-eight. He says, therefore, beseech or pray the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. <laughs> Did you realize Jesus complained about the harvest? And he says one of the things you need to do is to do what? Ask the Lord to send out workers into the harvest field. Now, let me ask you a question. If we don't ask the Lord to send workers into the harvest field, will the workers be sent? You see, the concept of God that we have is that God is just there doing his own thing, whatever he likes. Right? And that's why many of us have not appreciated the will of God because we feel like the will of God is. God will just sit and I just say, Hello, patience. You are not a pastor, whether you agree or not. God doesn't work that way. And then you see some funny people tell some very funny stories that God called them into ministry they didn't accept on time until, you know, their business collapsed, you know, their hair was now doing so, their wife now died, three dogs now died, they now said to God, is enough. What's that? What's that nonsense? You were in disobedience and you allowed the door for the enemy to come into your life. God is not trying to kill your wife to get you to preach the gospel. He's not the one who kills, steals, and destroys. You were disobedient and you opened the door. We must realize that we can open the door for the enemy to come into our life and we blame it on God if we're not rightly taught. And stop sharing the testimonies of your disobedience as as something that was like God was looking for this special striker he needed to sign from your village. If not, he will not win the Champions League. Like it was you, it had to be you. No. No. Just put the testimony right. Praise the Lord. I was disobedient when I heard the voice of the Lord. And I opened the door for the enemy. And this happened. Until I became obedient to the Lord. And put a stop to that. The scripture says do not give a foothold to the devil. You can give a foothold to the devil when you are disobedient. Are we together on this? All right. Matthew chapter 6 verse 10. So we have to ask the will of God to come to pass. Matthew 6 then. Verse verse, verse uh, 9 says, Pray then in this way, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. What did he say you should say? What did he say you should say? Church, talk to me. Your kingdom come. What's going to happen? Your will be done on? On earth as it is where? So the will of God is in two two realms. What realms are they? Heaven. And what's the, re- the next realm? Earth. Which realm are you? <laughs> Okay, you're in both. Alright, you're seated with Christ in the heavenly places, so you're there. You're also on the earth realm. But you've got authority on the earth realm. God's got authority in the heavenlies. You cooperate with God. That's why whatever God does, he does through his sons. You cooperate with God to cause that will to come to pass on the earth. If there's something going on in your streets that you do not like, you take authority over it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't just, don't just walk past and you say, saying, ah! They can't drink in this street. No, 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 don't do that. Yes. Don't do that. Yeah? I remember one time <laughs> they opened, the, where we're staying in the recipe, then they opened the, a beer parlor close to us. So every time I passed the place, I spoke over it. Every time I passed the place, I spoke over it. Well, it didn't do well. Yeah. Because that that was people's husband coming to spend money. You know, some of you still go there. It's time you're spending time with your wife. You're there drinking drinking and telling stories that have no ending. Say, don't worry, we'll continue tomorrow. Say, it's true, I'll see you at 8 o'clock. Stories that have no ending. Talking about coup that took place in 1977. All right, so you have authority. If drugs are marching your street, you take authority over it. That street is your sphere of influence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have authority over it. Don't complain over what you don't like. You take authority over it. Speak over it. Learn to speak, learn to use your authority. So we pray so that the will of God, which is in heaven, established in heaven, is executed on the earth. Amen. Every time I, I'm, I'm, going, I'm on the road and there's an accident scene and I pass an accident scene, I'm not going, Hey, I hope somebody has not died, too. and you know the next thing, right? You just start blaming the government. Even if it is in Europe, you call uh, 999, is it 999, or 911, or 119. 911, Okay. You know, you call 911, that's not the time. People's life are at stake. If you're not helping, speak life. As you pass through, say in the name of Jesus, there will be no death. Life. You know, use your authority at that time. Before you start blaming and Joe, use your authority. With believers, and I'll talk to you about that. Believers must learn to exercise authority. Speak at that moment. Say in the name of Jesus, no life is lost. Ministry angels are released. In the name of Jesus, there will be no death. Wisdom is made available. As your car is passing, you use your authority. You cause what is in heaven to come to pass on the earth. Can you say amen? amen. All right. Now, the reasons why we do not pray. Next subtitle. Reasons why we do not pray. How many of you can tell me one of the reasons you think we do not pray? Busyness. Yeah? What's other one? What? Guilt. Okay. They have done something very bad. Yeah. What other one? Reasons why we do not pray? Doubt. Okay. So, reasons why we do not pray. Number one, well, all, all the reasons you gave are, are, are excellent. They're great. Number one, why we we'll do not pray is we never grew up in an environment where we saw the power of prayer at work. You know, I was at the dining table with my kids yesterday, and I was telling them, as I was, well, I was praying the message right were there, so I was, I was just sharing them with this. You know, that's one of the benefits you have when you grow up in a pastor's home or your pastor's wife. You get to hear the message a bit, preached to you a bit, uh, before the main church hears <laughs> So, you know, I was asking, I was talking to the kids about it, and I was saying, you know, some homes, we grew up, we never really know the power of prayer, Right? They just say, it's time to go to bed. You both should pray and sleep. you just go to bed. You need that. Father, thank you today. Amen. Amen. there is money. Children, thank the Lord. And they even see you. You pray while you are betting there. Father, in the name of Jesus, I teach you go to school. Nothing will happen today. You keep the room. Amen. You go to school. Then when you are traveling, you now remember. Even the driver. See, somebody should pray for us. Father <laughs> in Jesus' name, as we travel, you know, cover the blood, blood of Jesus with the tire, and the tire of the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. So, so you grew up in that environment. Prayer is like what the herbalist just does before he gives medicine. There's nothing to it. So, unconsciously, you've grown up to just see prayer is something you do, and so that's why you hear you when you ask, people, well, have you prayed today?" They say, "I prayed in the morning." To so them, it's done. There's no life to it. And so I was telling my kids, but well, you don't have that experience because they have been there when them, the kids and the mom believe for something. And that's why, you know, they've seen prayer work. We'll be believing for something. can be as little as something, little as anything. I remember the first time we came to start the church. Carries was still small then and we we're, were staying with our brother in the area. And then Carrie saw these children riding bicycles. So he came to me and said, where well, are like a bicycle. <laughs> I didn't have the money to buy a bicycle then, so I said, well, let's believe God for it. What kind of bicycle do you want? Say, a red bicycle. So we prayed. We prayed, we prayed, we prayed, believed God. I don't know how long that, let me not miss the dates up, but someone just came one time gave me a red bicycle. We were believing God for our car. We said we had a black car. When they got the car, they knew that it was a black car. When the mother was believing for a smaller car, they, they were part of it. Your children have never seen you believe for anything. They've just seen you buy everything. So to them, you are asked die. Even though you have the money, sometimes you have to train them in faith. You need this, shoe? Well, trust God for it. Because if you're no more, that's how they're going to live. So we grew up in a religious environment where prayer is... Some of us really pray... But we don't pray because we expect God to answer. We just pray because He's. You will even hear a Christian tell you, Pastor, this is not a prayer matter. They, they, is the Christians advising you now that this one is not prayer matter? So you say, Is which matter? He said, Do you know somebody? Can, can you imagine that insult on God? It, it's very insulting on the person of God and the strength of God. The saints of old didn't think this way. When, when King Nebuchadnezzar told Daniel, I'm going to kill everybody who does not give me interpretation to this dream. You know what Daniel said? He says, give us time. They were so confident on their God. They said, give us time. He called his brothers together and said, we will die until we get the answer. This one was not prayer by, you know, it was specific. Lord, give us the interpretation to this. Those men had a, a confidence with God. Elijah. When when um, the church, Israel was serving Baal, he says if Baal be Baal, let's serve him, but if God be God and he says, you know, and did all of that. They were caught. Con- Do you have that confidence in God? Can you tell somebody, let me pray about this and I'll come with a solution? You know, so to us we grew up in that religious environment. That's why you know even sometimes opening prayer in church we don't take it serious because we are used to opening prayers in any inter Say so who will give us opening prayer? Hey, Father, we thank you, Father. Just run today. Nobody will injure themselves. They will run successfully. I don't know. you will lead us in Jesus' name, Amen. Okay. Town meeting. You are the only Christian. We are open this meeting for our Father. We pray for us. We discuss for barrier. We will discuss good things in Jesus' name, Amen. Okay. And then, then you go to uh, what other meeting? P.T.M. meetings. Yes, hey, sister, I pray for our father. We thank you for all the parents. Thank you for giving us money to pay school name. Amen. So you used to opening prayers like that. So when they come to church, they open the prayer, God, As They come to church, they open the for us. As you to today, amen. And, and so you grew up in that environment. So prayer is just that. And that's why we're praying. People can walk around. People can do all this stuff. So the, it's religious. It's religious. it is It's just religious. That's why you tell people I'm praying for you And you don't pray for them Somebody say amen. amen So that's why those of you Who think people are praying for you Just as you did not pray for that person You promised So so the person you are promising So you see all of you Nobody is praying for anybody Okay Number two, laziness How many of you feel well, You need to pray more But you are just lazy Yeah, just lazy You are in the bed On the bed rather and you feel as you stand up to pray. Then just tell yourself. 30 minutes. Just 30 days. And I like the way the enemy works. In the dream, you will be praying. You know? You are speaking in tongues in the dream, but your wife is hearing snoring. Two things. You're functioning. God does miracles. Then you just wake up by 7 and realize, I have not prayed. Then you have to rush to work then you do your normal prayer. Father, you know my heart. I know your heart. We all know our hearts. Everything is fine. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. What, what do I even know that I want to pray? Who am I to call your... You start all those... All those who am I to call on your holy name? You, you, you know, you have not prayed. Huh? Then all through the day, like we said, busyness. You get busy, busy, busy. Then you just come and I say, Father, thank you. The you start Primary School prayer... Some have bed, they cannot sleep. Some have sleep, they cannot snow. And then (laughs) and you are gone. That day is gone, and there are believers who can be like that for years. You know how you are functioning is the rain that comes on the just and the unjust. That's how you are functioning. You see, God is good. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Chances are if you don't pray for the rest of your life. Your life can still go on. That's, that's the thing. But you know what? You will not walk with God to the fullness of his will. That's why you see that. And that's how the enemy can deceive us. In our prayerlessness, it's not like evil will happen to us. Because God as a creator is good to both the wicked and the unjust. So some of us just strive on what I call the general mercies of God. Which means that your life is is not significantly different from an unbeliever. Which actually means that if you were not born again, you would have the same results. What's the next thing? Procrastination. I will pray. You know, when you hear a message like this now, I will pray. Or we will do prayer school. I will pray. Hmm? Or you hear some, some chorus. I like to pray. Some of you have said that an agenda. I'm going to pray. How many of you felt you would pray in 2023 more. Hmm? Say my year of prayer. It's April. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you. And you know why people who say they can't pray when certain bad things happen? Hmm? They're in the hospital. Or someone close to them is passing on. You see that they can't pray. Oh, they can't pray. Nothing inspires... Believers to pray like trouble. You see all the prayer for Nigeria have stopped after election results have come out. That's why I usually don't participate on those things because they are event-driven. I mean, if you 70 days, Nigeria, election results have come now. Nobody's praying again. We'll start praying again next four years. Though some of us prophesy every four years. Hmm? When election is close, Some of us are like that. When trouble has come, then we want to pray. That time you don't have to pray. When trouble comes, you realize that the time is in abundance. And it shouldn't be so. Then, number four, weariness. So, we never grew up in an environment where we saw the power of prayer. Number two, laziness. Number three, procrastination. Number four, weariness. From the busyness of the day, we are just tired. Hmm? We are just tired. And I've always advised people, that's why I like to walk around when I pray. You know, Some people come back tired in the evening and want to pray, then they will now take pillow and put it on the bed. Say, I have to kneel before my creator. (laughs) And then they'll put the pillow and spread their hands, fully devoted to you, O God. The next thing, they'll see themselves planting yam in the village. They are gone. You wake up, realize the man has slept for 40 good minutes. How many of you have? See, let me tell you, there is something natural about prayer if you want to stay awake. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't take compromising positions. Hmm? Some of you just hold pillows, say, I want to pray. Then you, you feel something inside of you, just say, put it at the back of your head. Put it. You feel is the Holy Spirit leading you to greater realms of prayer. Is the enemy luring you to sleep? So, so when you need to pray, we'll talk about that. If you need to walk around, walk around. Because your body can actually get tired and you're not able to pray. So weariness from the busyness of the day. And sometimes it is a waste of time on social media. So you, you are not seeing things that are... Number five, social media makes people not to pray. You're not seeing things that inspire prayer. Okay, Let's, let, me, let me give you an example Do you realize that if you're reading your Bible You'll feel like praying If you're listening to messages You'll feel like praying right? But if you're watching comedy Do you feel like praying Oh, no, you don't feel like praying Or you just see some very terrible news You just realize that you're complaining a lot Okay So you need to be careful of that So those are some of the things that made us not to pray Number 6 Number 1 Am I right Five is social media. Number six now. Are we there? Okay, number six is um, pride. Pride makes us not to pray. We have our day figured out. You know, I used to be like that. Not like I did not pray. You know, but I I pray, but there's a sense of I have things figured out that I, I used to have. But, you know, when I, when I started studying a lot in the book of James, where it talks about you make your plans for the day, you do not even say by the grace of God, you know, I, I took time to study that, and I just realized that, listen, relying on the grace of God is not pride. You have to rely on God. You know, there are so many things in our life we think we have figured out, and before you know, right before our eyes, So, you, you, pride makes us not to pray. You're going for that business meeting. Why don't you take time to pray? Why don't you take time to pray? Why don't you take time to pray about your day? And you realize, you might think that you're so powerful to go about the day, and just something little upset the day. Just something little. It's that strength is not there. Alright. So, the third... Um, that, that we're done with that. I, I really want this to be systematic. so part of my notes. The self-deception of a prayerless life. That's the third subtitle. The self-deception of a prayerless life. I almost wrote this like a Bible study. The self-deception of a prayerless life. Galatians chapter 6. What is self-deception of the prayerless life? Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 to 8. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 to 8. It says, do not be deceived. Don't be deceived. Now, if the, if the writer of the Bible says don't be deceived, it means you can't be deceived. He says God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. Look at verse 8. For the one who sows to his own flesh, will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit, will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And I said in my notes, people sow prayerlessness and somehow expect to reap the rewards of a prayerful life. You're not prayerful, but you expect to reap the reward of a prayerful life. It's self-deception. And let me tell you, that is why as a minister of the gospel, you ought to train your people how to pray. This idea of depending on a minister of the gospel to pray for you all the time is not what God designed for the believer. You've got to have your own prayer life. Every day we keep Telling my son, you're getting ready now. You're in essence, one, you're getting ready to go to the university. You've got to learn to pray for yourself. You've got to learn to do things for yourself. Because sometimes we get these children ready physically and emotionally, but not spiritually. And let me tell you parents here, you get to the point where your children come to the age of accountability. And if something needs to be done in their life, God is going to need their will involved. Why? Because they become adults. They become responsible for their choices. At that stage, it's not your fate you're going to use for them. That's why you've got to teach them to learn to exercise their faith before they get to that age. So you cannot sow a prayerless life, sow to the flesh, sow laziness, sow procrastination, sow weariness, sow busyness, and expect to reap a prayerful life. It doesn't work that way. It's self-deception. It's self-deception, and, and we have this—we have this idea that, well, if I don't even pray, if, the, if if I just got a bottle of anointed oil or a mantle, or an, it will work. That's not how God has designed you to live. God hasn't designed you to be carrying bottles of oil all over the place to solve your prayerlessness. That's not God's will for you. And, 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 and no wonder you—you you, you see, challenge and strife. That's why people are selling different kind of oil. Yeah, you you want tribe? This one is ten five. You want um, a job is fifteen six, and then you see some shopping malls. So you go there and say, "What do I want? Okay, I'll buy three bottles: one job, one child, one this." The how much last? Man who goes, "Okay, okay, because you have been a church member for a long time, bring twenty two 2 And we we give them the room for all of that because you are prayerless. There's a place of agreeing with you. There's a pra- place of your. A uh, pastor praying alongside with you, joining his faith with you, but the default is that every believer should have a prayer lifestyle. Remember what we talked about, the believer and his prayer life. Amen. Are you still here? James 1, 22. And let me tell you, self-deception is having a public prayer life and not having a private prayer life. That's self-deception. All huh? right? So I say, let us pray. Your tongues will be the loudest. But when you get home, you can't pray. Hmm? You know, all of you saying, ah, I don't have to pray. I can't pray. You know, we give you the mic now, the way you pray. Hmm? Lead us in prayer. You pray high, pray loud, pray. But you realize that when you're alone, you cannot pray. Discipline is when you can pray alone. That's where discipline comes in. How many of you have tried to pray alone before? Huh? And you thought today, today, this subject of prayer, God, come, me and you, will settle it once and for all. I want to pray. Then you start to pray. 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 Then you look at the time. Say, <laughs> did this battery stop? Then you pick your phone. Realize that all your years of praying is six minutes, five seconds. <laughs> so when you realize, you Jesus say, can you not tie with me for one hour? You're almost tempted to say, that one hour is not literal. Because when you pray on your own for one hour, it can take, ah, man, it can. If you're not a prayer person. And I'll tell you this, right? That's why a lot of people don't pray. It, I, I, I might be wrong, but I, most people just pray 10, 15 minutes because all their prayer is finished. It's finished. Some people say, so what else do I pray for? By the time they ask for transport, they ask for food. They ask for favor. They destroy the destroyer and send two fire around just to you know how you just God just pray. I'm going today, just kill everybody in my front, just give me a just just shoot. By the time that is done, then pray for if there's anybody sick in their family, anybody troubling them, they just pray that. You know it's done. It's done. You just, so what else? And I like some. Christians. They will replace it with songs. See, because prayer does not work. Try praise. So some Christians can just sing. Even some people you say, let us pray. Let's thank the Lord for today. Ah, don't I, What did you do? What are you doing? What is that? You, we didn't say sing. We say pray. Because they can't pray. But they can sing. Say, I like to put my prayer in songs. No. You don't have an instruction from scriptures to put prayer in songs. He says, when you pray, say. Open your mouth and talk. He could have said, when you pray, sing. You don't see anywhere he said, they lifted up their voice in one accord and sang. No, they lifted up their voice in one accord and prayed. And the words of the prayer were written. When Paul prayed for the believers, the words of the prayer were written. Stop replacing your prayer time with singing time. There are two different things entirely. They're two different things entirely. And those such careless statements should not be made from the pulpit. If prayer does not work, try praise. It's a, very, it's a very careless and ignorant statement to make, regardless of who makes it. How can you say when prayer doesn't work? What do you mean when prayer doesn't work? What do you mean by that? How, how can you say that? If prayer does not work, try praise. And then you hear some very callous rain. Uh, when you pray, God sends angels. When you praise, God himself comes down. Who says that? How can you, how can you say that? That when you pray, angels are sent. But when you praise, God himself carries the answer. And we wonder why we don't have a prayerful church. We wonder why when we are dancing, everybody is high and we'll start praying. Because they don't want angels. They want God himself to carry... If you go to to the restaurant to eat and they say the manager will serve you, would you want somebody... You don't want the manager to serve you. And those are very careless statements we believe that are not scriptural. never in the word of God. Never in the word of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Do you realize that Jesus spent most of his time praying? Why didn't he spend time praising? See, there's nothing wrong with praising, but there's a place for it. There's a place for prayer. We mustn't throw something down to uphold another thing, especially if we don't see it in the written word. Are you still here? All right, so James chapter 1, verse 22 says this, praise God. James 1, He says, but prove yourself doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. The word delude that would mean deceive themselves. All right? Not, don't just hear about prayer. Pray. Don't just hear a good message about prayer. Pray. You know, when you go home today, take 30 minutes extra and just pray. Just pray. Alright, let's go on. I need to finish this now. So, I, I, I want to see that prayer should be a culture. What's culture? Simpl- simplest definition, what's a culture? The way of life of what? Of a people or, or, or society. Now, prayer should not be event-driven. It should be a way of life. And that's what I really want to communicate. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 2, first of all. And um, we'll see what... 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1 to 2. See what Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2. It says, first of all. First of all. How many of you know if you use the word first of all, it means that this is of great importance? Hello? Say amen if you're here. Yeah. First of all, then I urge that entr- entreaties and prayers, petitions and given be made on behalf of how many men? All I didn't hear that, on behalf of how many men? All Can you see Paul, Paul says that to Timothy? Say, first of all. Put these as priority. Let petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men. You know the reason why we cannot, we find it difficult to pray. We have been taught self-centered prayers. So all your prayers are about yourself. You're not praying for cities. You're not praying for nations. You're not praying for uh, the kingdom of God. You're not oh, sh- yourself. Just some extra money. Hmm. <laughs> Or your husband, or your wife, or your children. You know, the version of Christianity we've been raised with is a very selfish version. It's not bothered about any other person. That is why, even in the house, you can see selfish Christianity being practiced. Someone of be praying in the house and say, I don't care. Even if it's my wife, I don't care. <laughs> the man's enemy are members of his household even if my children are not his prayer is morning devotion," though. and every, everybody is fighting everybody in prayer, in one house because that's how we've been taught so the average believer will perceive everybody as an enemy so why do we pray for them and what is all this enemy thing about an extra car an extra 10,000 that's just it an extra promotion so we don't even think. The, the scripture says, Pray, hear the Lord of harvest to send laborers into the field. We are not even concerned about harvest. This is when we talk of sending laborers. Leave harvest. I want food. Leave harvest. Let's pray that souls be saved. I don't care. But if I say, Let's pray that souls be saved, let's pray if you like to save so save if you don't like to save that's your problem then if I say let's pray that the wealth of the Gentiles will come to us the same unsaved people you refuse to pray about their salvation you see how your voice will rise from the north I collect from the south <laughs> from the east I collect north central I collect <laughs> south east I collect money <laughs> <laughs> They're not concerned about souls. So your prayer points are limited. But look at what it says. It says pray verse two. Look at verse 2. It says for kings. For kings. Say pray for kings. I know some of you now that whoever you wanted to be president did not win. The next president, elect or select, whichever side of the divide you are in. He is sure that from you, there is no prayer from you. That, see, 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 I don't owe this man, I don't owe him prayer. <laughs> but you're, You see, uh, let me explain something to you. And the Lord began to deal with me about that. You see, after May 29th, whoever sits in the position of the office of the president of the nation, regardless of how you feel about the process, this scripture becomes a command to you. Your emotions notwithstanding. And he's not praying that they will die. What to pray is there. Because I think that's why God, in his wisdom, right, told us what to pray. But let's leave that now. He says, And all who are in authority, all who are in authority. Now, let's explain this. Jesus, uh, through Paul, tells us here about praying for kings in our own island. It will be the king of the island. All right? When last did you pray for the king of the island? When last? says, first of all, that means when you go to the place of prayer, that's what you should be thinking of first. I know the only time some of us pray for the island is when we do I love Boni Island. Once a year. But that's not enough. Then number two, all those who are in authority. Who do you think are in authority over your life? Everybody just think quickly. Who do you think are in authority over your life? You're who? Say, Vice President, don't worry. Don't go to the arms of government. Let's just... But, you know, all those arms of government. Let's leave arms of government. Who do you think is in authority over your life? Your parents. In authority over your life. So you've got to pray for your parents. Not only when they are sick. You pray for them every day. They I don't like my father. Pray. She just didn't put your, fill, your leg in. My mother is a very wicked woman. Draw the wicked long. When you are done, at the end of the... That's the more reason you need to pray. You see, that's the more reason more prayers need to be offered. To reduce that wickedness. Pray for those in authority. If you are married, who will be in authority over your life? Your husband? Okay. (laughs) You are seeing yourself as the the Church of the Living God. I will not make any comments. Alright, so you pray for your husband. Not God. Punish God. Eh, No. Pray for your husband. Alright? Would your boss be an authority over you? So you owe your boss prayers. Right? Would your supervisor be an authority over you? Can you see that you now have a lot of people. In this one verse, you already have a lot of people. So as you look up, anybody above you like that except God, pray for them. First of all, you have not even prayed for yourself. So you pray for those in authority. Children, pray for your parents. Pray for those in authority over you. Pray for your pastor. Right? If you are in a zone, your zonal leader, pray for them. If you are in a department, your departmental head, pray for them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, come on. If you are in a fellowship, the fellowship president, you pray for them. Okay, let's go quickly. So that... So that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. So the Bible is telling us that the, our prayers for these people affect the way we live. Now go on to verse. Let me just say that quickly. Three. Go to verse three quickly. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. It's a good thing. It's acceptable. Then he says, who desires that how many? All men be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So that's the priority of the prayers. Okay. So... How many of us pray for kings? How many of us pray for those in authority? The scripture tells us all the rewards of committing to this prayer lifestyle. Now, this is important because I was studying this yesterday. I've never really seen this, but I, 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 I was studying this a bit more. Then I discovered that as of the time Paul wrote this to Timothy, Nero was the emperor. And Nero, if you read church history, Nero was one of the most wicked emperors against Christians alright, he incited the major persecution against Christians, in fact, church history had it that there was a popular market he set on fire and accused the Christians that they were the ones that set it on fire so the whole persecution was unleashed against the Christian faith in, 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 in Nero's time they used to throw Christians into the lion's den for entertainment or they would tie them in the stakes on the streets and put them on fire come on, how many of you let's just imagine that hmm? I just hear that, five Christians were, were tied around the electric poles and set on fire and six Christians were sent to lions then, not to feed the lions, for the lions to feed on them. Then, you just heard that as you came to church this morning. Then, they now said, A letter. Somebody shouted, Jesus. <laughs> you know? Then, A letter now comes and says, Pray for kings. Uh-huh. You see that reaction. That, <clears throat> Nero must die. You see, you see, let me tell you, there's a message I'm going to teach. There's a conference I'm preaching next month in Lagos. And that's the message I want to teach. The, 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 sorry to say these words, but forgive me in advance. The Christianity we have been raised in when it comes to enemies is not a godly one. Can't find it in scriptures. That thing of praying for people, killing people, ah, is not in scriptures. It is wrong. Listen, it is wrong in its foundation, in its intent, in its motive. It's a misrepresentation of the Christian faith. In fact, when I teach that message, I'll bring the message, all of you listen to it. In fact, the proof that you are a child of God is how you love your enemies. That's it. Jesus Christ said it. Eh? So if you cannot love, these uh, haters, I have my space, you are not a believer. Forget it. It's a comfortable Christianity that is not biblical. So that's the... That, imagine we now come this morning and say, let's pray for Nero. How many of you know what you are going to pray? Ah. As you are born Christians, your children will be born. <laughs> I'm t- see, I'm not, don't take my words for it. Go and read scriptures. And see how the love of God is expressed. In the New Testament. Do you know when, when they were flogged in the book of Acts? I really want to finish this message. They were flogged in the book of Acts. They counted it a great thing to be flogged for the Lord. Oh, glory to God. Imagine you come to church this morning and say, How are you? He say, Were you flogged? Say, Yes. Yeah. Say, Wow, I was flogged too. <laughs> you know, when they flogged some of you coming to church this morning, you won't come again. You're saying, What's up? Pastor, we need to talk. Every time I'm coming to church, they're flogging me. <laughs> you know, but, but when they prayed, imagine they flogged like ten of us when we came to church this morning. With ma- and you know those flogging is not... <laughs> uh, you know it's not flogged. Oh, have you... You know when they whipped Jesus? <laughs> you know he felt it. Oh, you're thinking they flogged Jesus, then he just put supernatural power and just said, flog? No. Before Jesus shouted, Eli, Eli. <laughs> they didn't even put it in English word. The translators were... So- Before Jesus shouted like that, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You think Jesus was just fulfilling prophecy? The man was whipped. He didn't know where my God, my God... <laughs> Came out. You know, I'm praying that if it is God's will, they should take the cup. They flogged the, uh, they, they flogged him like a criminal. They didn't flog him like your savior. Do you understand? They brought two thieves and said, "Which one do you want us to free?" They said, "Give us Barabbas." So Jesus was treated like a criminal. So they they flogged, and those people were trained to flog. That was their, their their area of grace. They flogged him, peeled his flesh off. Blood dripping. When he started, they lie, lie, lie. you thought he was speaking in tongues? The man was hollering. <laughs> My God. <laughs> and he flogged you like that. Hmm? Paul said he flogged him 49 times. You know, this is Christianity we are playing with. You know, that's why, you know, when you talk about heaven, when you go to heaven, there's nobody that will give you space. Because your Christianity and their Christianity are far apart. Let's leave that one. They flogged them. They came to church. What did they pray? They said, Father, grant us boldness that we might preach the gospel. They prayed for boldness to go and do the same thing that they were flogged for. Did you see the prayer point? Imagine they flogged like ten of you. Now we not Come and say, um, Pastor Mary, come and lead us in prayer. And were, you were flogged because you preach the gospel. And I said, let's lift up our hands and pray that God we give them boldness to preach. So, say, say because they did not flog her. It is because they did not flog her. <laughs> if they have flogged her, she so will know that they, you know. you realize that you realize that you realize that in that prayer, they never mentioned the people who flogged them. There was no animosity in their heart. Rather, they prayed for themselves. They said, grant us boldness and signs, wonders, and miracles that through the hands of the apostles, there will be signs. And the place was shaken. God was pleased with that prayer. Today, we pray to kill enemies. We the the that shake? Die. 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 It's not the place shaking. We, we shake. We do the shaking. Not God coming down listen to me, child of God, that doctrine needs to be investigated and thrown out of the body of Christ. It's not biblical. And I challenge you to go search the scriptures. And listen to me. Walk on your heart. That thing that desires for people to pass on so you can be blessed is satanic, is wicked, is not of God. The soul of people should be of more concern to you than the next car you drive. That's what makes you a believer. And I say, but if they have gang up against me, leave, leave all those things. Leave all those things. All these things you are saying they gang up against you now. It's poverty. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You realize that all those ones you are saying that they gang up against you, if you come to church this morning, I'll give you a check for 10 million. You see like the gang has, has disappeared. Leave those things. If we are poor, we are poor. Let's admit that we are poor and trust God to bless us. Leave all those gang in. Are you? <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, okay then. Let's look at Daniel. Let me leave that. Let's look at Daniel. Come on, Are you still here? So in the midst of that wickedness, he said, first of all, pray for kings. The reason I'm saying is, listen, our prayer life, the maturity of our prayer life is in how we pray for those that offend us. And, and, and that's where maturity comes in. That's where maturity comes in. And like I said, I challenge you. Don't just take my words from it. Go to the, the scripture. Search the scripture independent of whatever you've been taught. Read the Bible. Two examples I'll give you quickly. Do you realize on the cross, after all this description we've done, what did Jesus say about those that persecuted him? Come on. What did Jesus say? Father, forgive them for they know not what you're doing. So I say, eh, that is Jesus. I am not Jesus. Are you Jesus? No, I'm not. But how many of you know what Stephen prayed? Come on, Stephen. Do you realize Stephen was not a disciple of Jesus? Was not one of the twelve apostles, right? So, so Jesus was here. Prayed these on the cross. His disciples captured that. They got Stephen born again. They taught Stephen. You remember Acts the 6? Chapter 4, committed to the Apostles' doctrine. He heard the teachings of Christ so much that when the same thing happened to Stephen, many years after Christ died, Stephen prayed the same prayer that Jesus prayed on the cross. That's discipleship. He says, Do not lay this charge against them. That's how you realize that the scripture says, And his eyes were open and he saw heaven. Jesus standing. It's like, Well done, boy that's it, you made it you live the life and remember this prayer was with stones touching his head you know to die by stones is because you see it coming like this and you know they were not stoned they were stoned like criminals and in the midst of that pain he says father forgive them that is giving, that's not Jesus Can you see, can you see the heritage of the Christianity that we have? Today you have believers who cannot forgive. Huh? they cannot forgive. You, you didn't stone them. Cannot forgive. I heard you call my name. I heard you call my name. Be calling my name. I recorded it somewhere. Yeah. Keep recording. Hmm. Hearts. Unforgiveness. That's why there's no urge to pray. Your heart is filled with bitterness. So, all you just want God to do for you is to give you money, to bless you, so that people will know that you, the, the, is, is to prove. Nothing, nothing else, nothing else about so many. No. You want to just show people that God is good and is good to only you. Then you hear things like, I can forgive, but I cannot forget. <laughs> Interesting. Offense. Hinders our prayer life. Love is the greatest hallmark of the Christian faith. And love is not easy. That's why it is by grace. That's why it is by faith. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright, quickly, let's look at two... Wow. Let's look at two... Um, three examples. I'm going to rush this very quickly. Daniel, Old Testament. Daniel, let's go to Daniel chapter six. How huh? prayer life? Prayer life. Let's just read a couple of prayer. Daniel chapter six. Are, are you getting something this morning? Say amen if you are. All right, Daniel chapter six. Where is my Daniel? Let's look at... Let's look at... um, We're going to read verse 10. Daniel 6. Now, it's important for us to understand that one of the key things that God wants us to do is to have a prayer life. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10. Now, uh, you know the story of Daniel, right? Taking us a sleeve. Now, when Daniel knew that the document was signed, you know the document, you know all the story, we don't want to read from the talk. They wanted to punish Daniel for prayers. Now... Um, Verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house. Now remember what document was signed. The document that outlawed prayer for 30 days. So that, um, let's go to, yeah, he entered his house, now in his roof chamber. He had windows open towards Jerusalem. And he continued. Everybody say continued. He continued kneeling on his knees three times a day. Praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. Ah! Three times a day, Daniel prayed as a commissioner in Babylon. The scripture says, as he had been doing previously. He had a culture of prayer. He had a culture of prayer. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, of course, because of time... uh, Okay, let me just read it. Verse 12. Then they approached, verse 11. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and supplication before his God. Then they approached and spoke before the king about the king's injunction. Did you not sign an injunction that any man who makes a petition to any god or man besides you, o king, for 30 days is to be cast into the lions there? The king replied, the statement is true according to the law of the Medes and patience, which may not be removed. Then they answered and spoke before him. Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king to the injunction which you sign but keeps making his petition three times a day. Dan, listen, listen, child of God, pay attention here. Yeah? Daniel did not stop praying even if it was for 30 days. Do you know, we could have as well said, well, it's just 30 days. After 30 days, I can resume prayer. Daniel could not afford a day without prayer. Some of us can go 30 days and no prayer. And yet we want to do exploits. You know when we read the book of Daniel, we we'll go quickly. They that know their God shall be strong and shall do exploits. We we'll jump verse six. We want to do exploits three times a day. They signed the law. It didn't move him. Say so you can't pray for thirty days, Daniel. That was not his concern. He knelt three times and prayed as he has been doing previously. I said this very quickly. Daniel prayed three times a day. How many times a day do you pray? Yeah, three times. Three times. He prayed three times a day. Do you have prayer times? Number two, Daniel could not stop praying for thirty days. He did not take a month break from praying. Number three, he had a specific time. He had a specific schedule. He had such a specific schedule that everybody that was working with him knew. Do people know that you are a prayer person? Does Does your wife know that you pray? Do your children know that you pray? Do your co-workers know that you pray? His co-workers knew that he was a man of prayer. At the times you are not available because you are praying? Or your prayer life is secret? Let me tell you, if you say your prayer life is secret, most, the, most chances are you don't have a prayer life. If you are a praying person, someone close to you should know this man prays. This woman prays. Have your children ever caught you praying? Have your wife ever caught you praying? Or you delegate prayer to you both you pray, I'm coming. Have your children ever watched you kneel down and pray? Have they seen you pray in tongues? You know some of you, the first time your children will hear you pray in tongues, they will, they will think you are acting a skit. they've never seen you spiritual. They, they knew Daniel was a man of prayer. They said, listen, if we want to get Daniel, it is in his prayer life. Let me ask you this. What are you busy with in your life that you cannot pray? What is it? Then how far have you gone with your business? How far? You are not the richest man in the world, Abby? Or you are the wealthiest man. Or you are the... Wait, how far have you gone that you cannot pray? You have time for every other thing. You have time for party. You have time for all this thing. You have time for every other thing except what God requires of you. In? Hmm? This Sunday afternoon is free now. You go back from one channel to another, from one channel to another. Every actress that dies, you know. Say, hmm, oh, these actress have died though. Say when? March 12, 1942. Every movie. When people are confused about movies, you are the one they call. You know the actor. Say, tell me one part from the movie. Say, did he wear yellow? Say, yes. Did he shoot like this? Say, oh, don't worry. You, you, your head is full. When you are praying now, no scriptures. Is Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Thank you for thanking us. Uh, we thank everybody because you thank us and we have thanked you so that we thank everything. You know my mind. I cannot really express it. Then you just enter songs. You are the most high. Uh, you're sure. Pray. Say something. Is <laughs> not singing. Some of you don't even, even attend to sing. You now play music with Bluetooth and then you are dancing. Say, Father, I'm giving you a dance on free. Don't, don't <laughs> you are doing weight loss. Just say you want to slim down. Don't say you are giving God a dance offering. Then by the time you are done, you're rushed to be true. Then you are checking yourself in the mirror. You just prayed though. The offering is checking as You are losing weight. Don't, don't be playing with God. You are losing weight. <laughs> he prayed continuously, three times a day. Let's look at Jesus. Luke chapter 5 and 16. Can you put that up for me on the, on the screen, guys, so that I can go fast, please? 5 and 16. We've seen Daniel. Luke 5, 16. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and we pray. Look at the word often. He did it constantly. Do you slip away to pray? Often. Often. How many times do you slip away from family, from people, to pray, child of God? We must never be um, comfortable with prayerlessness. We must never be comfortable with it. It has nothing to do with your feelings. You you, you make yourself pray. You pray in the spirit. You speak words. If we don't pray, we give room for the enemy to run riots over our lives and our destinies. See, let me tell you, you will walk out of the will of God for your life without praying. You will, you will do it consciously. You no, know, we've seen people, I had a, a conversation with the men, we had a men's hangout on Zoom uh, on Friday. And we were talking about finishing strong. And I asked all the men that were present, and I said, how many of you know someone who was close to you? Or who you knew, who was very spiritual, but today they are not serving God. Every man knew someone who was not serving God. See, the chances of you continuing to serve God is not guaranteed if you don't do the right things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why sometimes, some of the people you meet in club will tell you they were church ushers before. Are you, eh? We started church. If we tell you what is really going on inside, inside the church, you will not believe that it's true. That's why I even came out from the church to join you in the club. I've seen some things I'm not comfortable. Two, two, Two backsliding demon influenced former children of God are having conversation over a bottle of honeycane, and you think you are wise. See, that is the truth. In fact, I used to walk very closely with the man of God. Man of God are not man of God. If you are not man of God, it thinks our eyes have seen, so i something. it is our eyes have seen, and it is our ears have heard. He said, They are all about tithe and offering. How much did you give in all your years of Christianity? How much? He could not buy a microphone. All your years, you were 30 years ex-Christian, retired. You were a former, a former Christian. All your offerings could not buy a microphone. And you are unashamed unashamedly, over a bottle of alcohol. Then in your wisdom, you are finished drinking. You cannot open your car door. How wise you are. You are not looking for key. You are very wise. You see where your wisdom has taken you to. You come home, abuse your children, abuse your home, misbehave. You see, you see how wise you have grown. You should be ashamed of yourself. Your mates are taking nations for God, healing the sick, raising the dead, spreading the gospel. You are busy uploading status. Self-care. Soft life loading. And you have not paid for the phone. Let's look at Paul. Philippians chapter 1, verse 2 to (laughs) 4. Jesus will often slip away. If you don't keep your spiritual life in check, you'll miss it. Look at grace to you and peace from God our Father. And the Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Next verse, please. Always. Come on, somebody say the word always. Always, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you. Or oh, look at Paul. He says, always I offer prayer for you. Help me there. Ephesians 1.16, please. Just give me the scriptures quickly so I can close. Ephesians 1.16. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many of you are going to restart your prayer life after this meeting? Ephesians 1, 16. He says, I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. Remember, the first people he wrote to were those in Philippi. Now he's writing to those in Ephesians and he's saying, I always remember you in prayers. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Different set of Christians in different regions. Colossians chapter 1, please, verse 3. Colossians 1, 3. You guys get ready to sing something for me when I'm done. Colossians 1.3 We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at the next word. Come on everybody, let's read loud and clear. What's the next word? Praying how many times? Always for you. Is this another set of Christians? Yes. Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians. Go to verse 9. Sorry, sorry, go back. Verse 4, Colossians 1.4 Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints. Now go to verse 9, Colossians 1.9 for this reason also, since the day we heard of it. Come on somebody, say we have not ceased. We have not ceased to pray for you. And for ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and all. He says since the day we heard of your faith. Look at how Paul was praying for Christians. You know Samuel said, let it be a sin unto me if I do not pray for you. These men were sure of their prayer life. Philemon one four, Philemon one four, And one of the things we want to do Today, when we're done with this service, is to recommit to prayer. Philemon 1:4. I thank my God always. Making mention of you in my prayers. He was writing to Philemon. He says, I make mention of you in my prayers. If we were to bring your prayer journal out, what would feel it? Would cities feel it? Would regions feel it? Would people feel it? We need to recommit to prayer. Three things. The prayer life of the believer, number one, should be consistent. should be consistent. It should be scheduled. You should have a schedule for it. And number three, it should be noticeable. There's nothing like a private prayer life. Number one, it should be consistent. Worship team, come up, play something for me. Two, be scheduled. And three, it should be noticeable. Today, Huh? cultists are no longer hiding. How many of you remember in those days, cultists used to hide? Eh? Hey, come on. How many of you remember? In those days, they they needed to have a secret sign for you to know who a cultist is. But is that what is happening today? So why should we hide? Why should Christians hide? Why should you hide your prayer life? Today, sacrifices are not hidden. Why should you hide your sacrifice of prayer? Saints, Something needs to be restored. We're going to spend the next five minutes praying. Everyone, let's be on our feet. You're going to pray that you keep your fire burning. You keep your fire burning. Let's all recommit to prayer life. Let's all recommit to a life of prayer. Set my heart afire for you. Oh, Jesus. I want to burn for you. Oh Lord, oh Lord, let Set my heart in order. Set my heart in order. Oh Lord, I want Oh burn, I want to burn for you, oh, Lord, oh, oh, Lord, Set my heart Oh Lord, oh Lord. Just pray, pray. I want bird, I want for you. Oh, Just pray, pray. Pray that your fire will come back. Your fire will come back. Oh, I want to burn. I want A prayerlessness will go. A prayerlessness will go. There's no There's no excuse. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. Jesus. There's no excuse. Jesus. la no excuse. Jesus. There's no excuse. Jesus. There's no excuse. Jesus. There's will be men of prayer. will be of prayer